0: As we stand, let's pray. Lord God, we've given you thanks for all the extraordinary life of our church. And we acknowledge, as we've done, that uh, it all comes only because the energy of your Holy Spirit is at work. Uh, What can we pray, Lord, except more, please? We long for more of you in our lives individually, and for more of the life of your Spirit in the life of our church. So guide us by your word now, we pray, and open our eyes in new ways to see what Jesus Christ has for us today. Amen. Do please sit and find those white sheets, if you would, with the reading on them. I only really have one point, because it's a a, a shorter service than usual. Uh, We are going to be looking uh, from uh, the beginning of June at Ephesians in our evening service. And as is my habit, um, I go through a biblical book just in my own quiet times of prayer and Bible study uh, before uh, a series comes round. And recently I got to the chapter that's in front of us. It's funny how one gets to change one's mind, even years into a Christian life. And I want to ask you a question. It's not a trick question. And it's not a question I'm going to ask you to share with anyone else. But I do want you to have an answer in your mind, if you would. Would you look towards uh, verse 9 and 10 that's on the sheet? With all wisdom and insight, God has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Okay, now, question. You are talking to a a bunch of, oh, I don't know, it doesn't matter whether it's eight-year-olds or 80-year-olds, but you've got this passage to explain to them. Question What are you going to say about the fullness of time? When is the fullness of time? Answer that in your own heads for a moment. When is the fullness of time? Now, I'm guessing that there are two, two and a half, or three answers out there. Uh, After the service, come up to me if you came up with one that I'm not about to mention. The first one, I reckon, is, well, it's the end of everything, isn't it? The fullness of time is when Jesus returns uh, and gathers up and brings time, the church, and the whole creation into a new existence. Option one. Option two, well, it's the time of Jesus, isn't it? It's the time that Jesus walked around the earth. Uh, That's option two. Option two and a half, it's a bit more complicated. Uh, uh, Some of you will say, well, it's the time that began when Jesus came and walked around the earth and will continue until the moment he returns in glory. Well, the text that you have in front of you on the white sheets is correct. Uh, uh, What what Paul actually wrote, word for word, is what it says there. Good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. Leaves the question open as to when that might be. What you've got in front of you comes from the new, New Revised Standard Version. What you would normally have had, if I'd taken it from our Pew Bibles, the New International Version, is to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment. Now, the New International Version is being very naughty. It's telling you the answer to the question uh, and giving you its answer so so the question is taken out of your hands. Uh, and you can look at all the very conservative commentators, and they don't question that. It's just they say, will have reached, but it's not what it says. What it says is what you've got as a plan for the fullness of time. You can interpret it as meaning what, what the uh, NIV says. Will have reached their fulfillment. It's in the future. You can interpret it that way if you want to. But I want to suggest to you that what you've got in front of you is exactly right on the white sheets. Because in Ephesians, God uh, is not concerned, and Paul most certainly is not concerned following God, with the future that is about Jesus Christ returning. Other letters? Yes, he is. Not in Ephesians. Paul's concern in Ephesians is the life of the church. And the only real future reference that I can find is that the gifts of the church will grow until, future, we all reach maturity. So Paul's language in Ephesians is not directed to that kind of future. Now that's astonishing for a man who was in prison in chains as he wrote this letter. He presumably longed for release. He presumably longed either for death or for Jesus Christ to intervene and bring everything to an end. But he is focused in prison, from prison, on what God is doing now out there. And indeed, in the prison, because he talks later about having the the courage to speak boldly when he's in prison. Later in chapter 1, it's clear that the gathering up that you see there in verse 10 has happened in the event of Jesus on which Paul is looking back. God has placed everything under Christ's feet, he says. Christ already fills everything in every way. Gentiles and Jews have been gathered together. The mystery has been revealed. Probably the half of an answer is therefore the right one. The plan for the fullness of time has begun when Jesus walked around the earth and will reach uh, a termination. But the plan has been, re- has been revealed now in its fullness, even though its actual outworking may still lie ahead of us. Now, why would all of that matter, the difference? Why am I bothering you with the difference of versions? Because normally I work very hard not to get caught up in version haggling because I think it matters. And I think it matters hugely. It's mattered hugely to me. I could probably use with you, and most of you would understand the language of now and not yet. Something has happened in Jesus. And because it has happened in his life, death, resurrection, ascension, and his giving of the Spirit, something has begun. And that's for us. And therefore, there's a now. But yes, uh, there will come a moment when he returns uh, and, and all pain and tears will be taken away. There's a not yet. You would understand the balance of the now and the not yet, the tension that we live in. We can know that it's there, though, in our heads. And yet, we can try to live out a balance that is other than that neat balance, that's actually unbalanced in one direction or the other. That's why I'm actually... I am vexed with the the new international version. Because it's taken a view and said, it's not yet. The Greek word doesn't allow you to say that. Good interpretation from the letter to the Ephesians doesn't allow you to say that. The word is simply a noun as a plan for the fullness of time. You can't get out of it immediately without interpretation when the times will have reached their fulfillness. Everything about the context in Ephesians says that the fullness of time has happened in Christ, and we are living in it now, even though there is outworking that will actually happen, it's been revealed now, but there are outworking that will happen uh, then and now and still to come. For all of us at some points, life's pretty grim. We cannot and must not respond by saying the reality of God is far off in the not yet. God is now. And it felt to me when I encountered that discrepancy of versions like a wake-up call. We are not here to sing and pray and murmur nice things until we die. And that's when the good stuff happens. The plan has been fulfilled in Jesus. Paul did not reckon that it would somehow be impolite of the Ephesians to be living in God's now, given that his own now was grim chains. Yes, life can be awful, but we don't pull back and say, well, in that case, it's obvious that God is for the not yet and not for the now. We are here to sing and proclaim and shout and urge and explain and praise and argue and speak and point to this, that the plan has been put into effect. God has set the train going. We're not waiting on the platform anymore. We're on board and there's those few moments that may take several thousand years when we're saying to others, you can actually, because it's, it's 1940s British Rail, it's not 2000s British Rail, you can still open the doors and get on board. <laughs> For those of us who are in pain, who among us wouldn't want to have around us in our pain a circle of friends that know that God is now? It's not all far off and not yet. Well, what difference will it make? I'm not sure. It's only only happened a couple of weeks ago. I think we have to bring to God, though, our frustration that it doesn't look holy like now. We can bring to God our frustration about that, but we don't just pull back from even claiming it the plan, after all, we're in the Easter season. The plan has been fulfilled. Jesus is on the throne. He is Lord. Looking at Ephesians as it unrolls from here, there are, I could find six main points. There are lots of other little ones. But the power of God is for now, with which he raised Jesus from the dead. The people of God, Jew and Gentile together, are for now. The glory of the gospel preached is for now, as the plan Uh, written for all eternity and until now, a mystery is uh, unveiled, uh, is revealed. The gifts of the Spirit to God's church are for now. The radical life of the Spirit in Christian community is for now. Prayer is for now. It's not a word of oppression addressed to those of us who may not feel very positive now to make us feel even worse, that somehow we're missing out. It's written by a man, remember, who is in chains. Now, why preach this today, going into an annual meeting? Because it is a word, I believe, to encourage the church to be now, in 1314, what God summons us to be by his Spirit, to hold God to his promises for now, Not for the far-off day, glumly awaited, my joy is very deep, but for practicing now. If you want the details, come in June to the evening series. Let's pray. Lord in Jesus Christ, you have revealed the total plan. There's nothing more to be revealed. In his ascension and in his sending of the Spirit, you have given us the gifts to live now. Forgive us if, in the stresses of life, we've allowed our heads to be too much in the not yet. Yet and have allowed our hearts and minds to follow. Restore our confidence in a God who is at work now, we pray. That we may live as a people who can be pointed to and say, Jesus is alive among them now. Amen. Amen.